everyone, I'm Becky. And this is Claire. And welcome to another episode of Podway. So in this podcast, we discuss things related to musical theaters and plays. And today we're going to do a special one because it's going to be our first German musical ever. And that is going to be Elizabeth. I was a little bit scared that you were going to say, oh, it's a special one because this is our first episode of season two because you've been trying to push the idea of seasons. I but... <laughs> do want to push for idea for seasons because, you know, it's been one year and I feel like we deserve like a fresh start. That's a long ass season. If an entire season is one year, I know this is like the norm in TV, but even in TV, like television world, what they do is they record for like three months and then they spread the season along the year, you know? Mm. <laughs> true that, true that. So are we just going to stay in season one forever? I personally don't think about it as seasons. I think about it as a continuum. Okay, sure. Why not, right? Exactly. It's all equal over here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's give you a brief synopsis of Elizabeth. So the musical follows the life of, you guys guessed it, Elizabeth, uh, who you might know better as Princess Sissy. This follows her life before her marriage to Emperor Joseph Franz I of Austria until her assassination at the age of 60. So it tells it from a pretty interesting angle because it's kind of like a romantic story between Elizabeth and death, uh, along with like important moments in her life and also important moments in the Austria-Hungarian Empire. Um, So a little bit more about the musical. It premiered in 1992 in Vienna, where it ran for five years, and it's been running periodically, like for a shorter period as well. Despite never getting an English production, it was translated into seven other languages and it became the most popular German-speaking musical ever. It's actually particularly popular in Japan and it's been running there for years, I think almost continuously. And it also has a pretty different production compared to the Viennese one. So neither of us, as a spoiler alert, watch the Japanese production, so we won't really be talking about that. But it's definitely something that I'd be curious to see in the future. Um, for Transparency, I watched the SN production from 2002. And Claire, you watched? 2005 Vienna version. Okay, nice. So um, that brings us to before this musical, what did you know about, what did you know about Elizabeth? So it's funny because I didn't really know a whole lot about the musical itself, but I was browsing through the um, like a Chinese version of YouTube, pretty much like it's called Billy Billy. And I was browsing through it looking for like videos related to musicals. And there's this video that says like the five songs that introduce you to the world of musicals. And I'm like, okay, I should probably know all of this. Right. And the very Mm -hmm. first song is a song from Elizabeth that I did not know of and I have not heard of before which song? so is I belong to me okay yeah obviously I think so. obviously I don't know if this is the most popular one because I've looked at really? subreddit so I looked at the musical subreddit and I looked under Elizabeth in the search bar and people do mention but they mention other songs I think even more frequently so I don't know outside of the reddit sphere whether this is the most popular my guess is it probably is considering you found it on Billy Billy and whatnot but um at least on reddit I think like the Schatten werden langel propped up much more frequently than Ich gehöre no mehr 
So Can you say in English because I have no idea what that uh, is. The shadows grow longer. I think would be the translation. <laughs> the shadow grows longer. I don't even yeah. know which song is that anymore. It has the song and it has a reprise, so you might、oh. remember the reprise better because that's the one that I prefer.、Um, and it's the one before Rudolph kills himself. Oh, okay, okay. Now I do remember now. Okay, okay. Anyhow, so <laughs> I was watching this video and I listened to the song, and it was a gorgeous song. Like I was very impressed. I don't listen to German music all that much, but this song was really, really good. But that's also the only song that I knew from this musical prior to watching the entire musical for this episode. So I'll say my knowledge is still pretty limited. I know it's very famous. But I have not seen any clips.、Um, the only song I know, obviously, is just "I Belong to Me" and nothing else. So yeah, that's me. Before the musical, so you didn't、mm. mention like your familiarity with the musical itself. Did you have extensive or any knowledge about Elizabeth the figure? So I do.、Okay. A few years back, actually, the same year as when the pandemic begins,、um, our family was planning a trip to go to Hungary together, and. I was doing the planning and some research on some of the, you know, tourist attractions, the history of Hungary, that sort of things. And obviously, if you're looking at Hungarian history, she's pretty famous. Like she just kind of pops up everywhere, and there's、yeah. a lot of palaces or places that she has been to before. So I researched a little bit about Elizabeth from there and then. But I wouldn't say I'm. An history expert on her life,、um, in general, but I do know a little bit just because I was planning the trip and、yeah. I was trying to make sure that my family also knows like the historical background of what's going on. That's nice. Look at you, a full tour guide. It's actually a lot of fun. Yeah,、um, especially when you're going to visit. You know, when you travel, you do you systematically go with tour guides for that purpose, or are you like researching it by yourself? I usually would like to do research by myself. Okay, got it. I actually found that I really enjoy the tour guide portion of it, just because that also involves a lot of storytelling on their end. That's they're very skilled, so I am、mm-hmm. always down to hear like a good story and somebody who's passionate about storytelling.、Mm-hmm. So that is the part of the tour that I enjoy the most. And also, they give you a lot of like small little tidbits that you wouldn't necessarily find through your own research. But the thrill of doing your own research, I completely understand as well.、Mm-hmm. Uh, in your most recent trip, you actually did do tours, right? I did, and it was fun. It was like a walking tour in Iceland. Yeah. yeah. So you also have a good balance. Yeah. Usually, <laughs> I don't do it. It's probably because I had really bad impression on the tour guides before. I don't know why. I just thought that they're kind of boring. But then,、oh. <laughs> I think nowadays people are doing more private tours, for example, and they're trying to keep it engaging and fun. That it actually sort of changed my mind. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So I guess for me, I was very familiar with the princess sissy version of Elizabeth. So everything of the story that I prepared for this episode was kind of shocking to me, because if you grew up in Canada, France, Italy, and Israel. There is a very popular animated series called Princess Sissy that everybody like was really obsessed with, or was really really popular. I guess when I was younger, or a little bit before when I was younger, we got it like on VHS mainly, and it's a very heavily 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 fictionalized and romanticized version of 
Elizabeth of Princess Sissy, where it focuses more on the romance aspect and on Bavarian culture rather than like the Austro-Hungarian one, I think. Mm -hmm. at least based on what I remember and it was really really big so I remember seeing it everywhere I remember owning VHS and merchandise of her so really I was very ill-prepared from the historical perspective for what I was going to experience in this episode in terms of the musical itself I actually started to listen to it maybe a year ago because I really wanted to get into German musicals just to keep up my German a little bit. And this is definitely something that came up. This Mozart and uh, Tanz der Vampir are very, very popular German musical. And I also think Rebecca is popular, but I haven't really listen to it so it's something that I've listened to maybe a couple of times before but not something I was really heavily invested in from a musical perspective so yeah that's kind of my background in terms of Elizabeth oh also fun fact so I grew up on the animated series that is definitely for children and is definitely fictionalized. My brother is familiar with Princess Sissy as well from the 1950s German films, which are apparently also pretty like fictionalized and romanticized. So <laughs> I asked him like, oh, did you know that Princess um, Sissy was assassinated? And he's like, no, I didn't know. And I was like, did you know she was most likely anorexic? And he's like, no, I didn't know that. So he figured out that the version he watches also probably not very real. <laughs> um, so that was a little bit of a joy for myself just to like say, hey, did you know that this is really, really depressing and it happened to her? And he's like, no. Um, so yeah, that is all my background of everything that we have up until here. Does it mean that we're moving onwards to the longer synopsis? Yes, please. Okay. So the musical opens with the trial of Elizabeth's murderer, Luigi Luceni. So the trial takes place in purgatory 100 years after Luceni's death. So the judge questions Luceni's motives and Luceni's defenses is that she was asking for it. <sighs> now, <laughs> I'm not going to go into that horrible implication of like that defense today. So let's just move on with that. Hmm? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Luceni calls upon witnesses for his case who also haven't found peace in death. And then we cut to Elizabeth's early life. We see her father ready to travel away from home and Elizabeth begs to go with him. So her father is not going to be that important here, to be honest, but we know he's kind of like a free-spirited person. And the main thing that we should know is that Elizabeth took that free spirit from him. So like she's also quite quite wild she feels very confined and bored and her father tries to comfort her that at least she is not in her sister's position training to be an empress so I'm convinced that Apollo gifted him with a power of prophecy because just you wait sweetie just you wait there are going to be a few characters that I'm going to introduce in the next sentence so I'll just try to sort through them so it will make sense so mm -hmm. Elizabeth has a sister her name is Helena or Helene um, she has a mother whose name is Ludovica and an aunt whose name is Sophia. Sophia, her aunt, is the current mother of the Emperor of Austria, Franz. So the two most important characters to take from here are Sophia, the aunt, and Franz, the cousin. 
So as we mentioned, Elizabeth's sister, Helena, is training to be an empress, and their mother, Ludovica, receives a letter from her sister, Sophia, Elizabeth's aunt, and the mother of the current Austrian emperor, uh, Franz, saying that she is sending Franz their way so he can propose to Helena. That, by the way, would make Helena and Franz cousins, which is just a small little aside, and also keep in mind it would make Elizabeth and Franz cousins. So they will meet in Bad Ischl, which is a spa town in Austria in August. And meanwhile, Elizabeth was performing a circus trick and she fell, losing consciousness. And she was carried away by death, which is a character here. Um, she wakes up and expresses longing for him. And that is kind of like the first instance where she has a connection with death. And death will revisit her throughout the entire musical. It will be a very important character. This actually, by the way, reminded me a lot of Romeo and Juliet because death was also personified there, right? Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's a thing, like common in European musical. I was wondering that too, because yeah, it seems really too strange to be a coincidence. When yeah. was Romeo and Juliet produced again? I think it was like early 2000s. Okay, so after this. six or something like that. Like this is going to be the 30th anniversary this year. is the 30th anniversary Ooh. of the musical. Yeah. 2006, you said for Romeo and Juliet? Something like that. I'm not really sure. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. So uh, back to the plot. We cut to Sophia and friends who are, as we mentioned, the Austrian emperor and his mom. Um, so Franz is very much a mama's boy and he essentially listens to everything she has to say. So I really love personally the hypocrisy here because this is exactly what Sophia will end up critiquing later in the way that Elizabeth could be rearing her own son. That's mm-hmm. really interesting. Um, so Franz sees Elizabeth and immediately falls in love with her instead of with her sister Helena. And it is then when he decides to marry her and go against his mom for the very first time. Franz warns Elizabeth as an empress. Um, her life will be very, very difficult and that she'll have to make a lot of adjustment. But they're united by their love and they get married afterwards. From what I can assert from like the wikipedia it looks like she never loved him did you look into that at all no i did not wait really interesting because i thought that the feelings was um that's what they that's what they show here and i think apart from like the death and campiness it seemed to be relatively true to the historical facts and by the way the wikipedia article for elizabeth the musical besides the fact that it's not like amazingly written it it has a lot of really interesting information about like the historical accuracies uh around that time that like the events take place that are not depicted in the musical so I definitely recommend people to give that a read because it's Mm -hmm. really fascinating Mm -hmm. um but I tried to go into a rabbit hole of like finding out more about who she was as a person and who the other important figures in the musical were and at least from what I could find it didn't look like she loved him at all ever interesting yeah okay but maybe I'm wrong maybe I'm wrong so Sophia and Elizabeth's dad are expressing their dismay with the match her father is worried that Vienna's court life will kill Elizabeth and Sophia is really mad her plans got ruined and that friends didn't listen to her for once so at the end of the wedding ceremony between Franz and Elizabeth, death rings the bell very menacingly, kind of like a demented Quasimodo, which was a very interesting choice. 
Um, and he then proceeds to profess his love to her and sings about how she actually longs for him. I'm going to ask this now, or should I ask that later? No, just do it now. Why? Okay. <laughs> do you think the death was gaslighting I think Elizabeth a little bit because a lot of in their interactions he keeps insisting that Elizabeth loves him and Elizabeth is pretty firm in the fact that she doesn't love him in almost all of their duets and they have many duets so I was wondering what are your thoughts about that first of all this is a very sexy death that we we're talking about very yes yeah <laughs> you didn't watch the labyrinth right so I no. I definitely think that he looks similar to um Oh my god, what's his face? The guy with the uh, mismatched eyes. David Bowie. Which I happen to, yeah, like yes. a big fan of. But yeah. <laughs> wait, did we watch the same person? Because I, even though it's a different version, it might be the same person. It might be. Who was your guy? Um, It's, oh my god, I'm so going to butcher his name. Uh, Mate Kamaras? I don't think it's the same Uwe Krüger. Okay, I think it's a different person then. I think it is probably different. Okay. Anyhow, anyhow, how I understood it was, I think she has that desire to be free, but then she didn't see freedom equals to death. So maybe from the beginning, like she sees that, okay, there might be an opportunity through death that she can get what she wants. But Mm -hmm. I think it just throughout the musical, like she's trying to find other ways. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's just at the end, she realized there is no other way and she accepts it as it is. I don't think she really has any romantic feeling for death. It's just more like the freedom that she will be able to get once she. I mean, they do kiss at the end. That's true. But then that's like a metaphor of, or symbolism of like how um, death takes her life, right? I thought that she was, because. I, again, it could be a difference in production, but I thought the moment where she died is the moment where she shed her clothes and she was in a white gown. Yeah. So, which is before the kiss. So, so I thought that with the kiss, it is intended to be romantic. Okay. So, in my version, death also kissed Rudolph before he dies. So, that's oh. how I understand it uh, means that they're dead and, um, and that's it. I see, I see. I, but I think... can see how people will want to see it as romantic, though, because that they share a very passionate, emotional hug before the kiss. So I can definitely see the romantic aspect of it. They share a hug in my version before the kiss as well. So that is really interesting. Okay. I think it looked like, maybe I missed it. It was very quick, maybe. But there was an almost kiss between Death and Rudolph before he died. But I didn't think it got to a kiss. So mm-hmm. maybe you're right. Uh, there is a high likelihood that you are, to be honest. And it is just a symbol of a kiss. I personally didn't think of them as romantic either. So I think with that narrative, your explanation makes more sense. Okay. So you don't view them as romantic either. I don't know. It's an interesting one. The thing is, they share such a strong chemistry that it's really hard not to see them as romantic. There at least from the version. Sure. Yeah, at least from the version I watched. And I think that's supposed to be baked in. I've seen a lot of places, most places actually call this a romance, uh, huh. which is why I think I described it that way in the summary, the shortened summary as well. Um, so I think the romance aspect is supposed to be an actual thing. And based on the Wikipedia article of the person herself, I've seen that a lot of people there were a lot of testimonies that she had quite a melancholic nature so she was quite 
prone to depression. She had other mental health issues, which we will also explore in a musical later on. So this is probably where they got the inspiration of having the kind of flirtation with death. So it's a really interesting way to conceptualize the musical of whether mm-hmm. this is kind of like a prolonged romance between them or whether this is something that didn't necessarily happen with her consent. Okay. So at court, Elizabeth doesn't get along with Sophia, who makes her work super hard to become an empress um, that is up to standards. Elizabeth really begs France to help her with Sophia and kind of her controlling behavior and nature, but he refuses. This is going to be a very Diana musical-esque I know I was thinking about that when I was watching it too yeah oh my god there are a few times I was like this is very Diana this is very there are a few times that twice actually were very Diana and then there were other times that were more Marie Antoinette like so very interesting comparisons Mm -hmm. better songs though for sure oh yeah yeah for sure I mean Diana (laughs) did you see Diana wanna like really swooped all the awards at the Razzies seriously yeah, the Golden Raspberry. Um, oh my god. It really, people christen it as the worst <laughs> musical ever. <laughs> really. I'm so sorry, but yeah. yeah. No, it's deserved. It's deserved. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm still so sour that I made it to my like top Spotify because I listened to it so much to try to brainwash myself <laughs> to liking it. No, it didn't work. So yeah, in a very Diana, the musical-esque sequence, Luceni narrates the first year of marriage, which was characterized by Elizabeth's loneliness, through the second year of marriage, which is when their first daughter was born and promptly taken away from Elizabeth. The third year brings another daughter, who is also taken from her. Franz wants Elizabeth to travel with him to Hungary in hopes her beauty and charm will be politically expedient. He's very, very correct in that assumption. Um, She refuses to travel unless he gives her her daughter back. And again, in a very Diana-esque fashion, France complies. In the fourth year of the marriage, the couple and their daughter travel to Hungary, but their eldest daughter is very sick and dies. And then she has a son, which is also an heir to the throne. The public in Vienna isn't very impressed with her skill as an empress at this point, but when she has a son and an heir, I think they soften on her a little bit. So all those years of mishmashes weren't enough for them because we get an undetermined time skip when the heir, Prince Rudolf, is a kid. So from birth until he's a kid. And Elizabeth, as per usual, begs to see her son. Sophia pretty much never allows it. And Franz asks for Elizabeth to comfort him one night, but she instead poses an ultimatum and asks him to choose between her and his mom. So if he chooses her, she will be able to govern how her children are raised, which I know is a very radical notion. But after Franz leaves, death tries to seduce Elizabeth, but she refuses him once again. This is going to be a theme. This is going to happen quite a lot in this musical, so strap in for that. But we then get a Marie Antoinette moment, which we mentioned before. So the citizens of Vienna are upset about rationing and they have no milk as Elizabeth bathes in milk for cosmetic purposes and other luxury items. So at court, at court, everyone stresses the importance of her beauty for the good of the empire. And to close act one, France agrees to her ultimatum in order to not lose Elizabeth. And she clarifies that she only belongs to herself. So I think that kind of like goes back to what we were saying. Elizabeth didn't really have any love for France himself, but France was very attached to her. 
And we see that happening constantly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so act two opens with Luceni narrating France and Elizabeth's coronation in Hungary on June 8th, 1867, thus creating the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Elizabeth and Death have yet another duet where he tries to convince her she needs him, but she refuses, and Death goes to visit Rudolf, who is neglected by Elizabeth. Sophia decides not to back down without a fight for power, since Elizabeth's power is in her beauty. Sophia wants to find France a mistress so that Elizabeth's power will be nullified. The courtier gets France a prostitute, which gives him syphilis, which he passes on to Elizabeth. She learns of that infidelity and threatens to kill herself, but decides against it. So that involves another death duet. And with the rationale of what doesn't kill you make you stronger. Sophia's meddling causes friends to break his chain at last and choose Elizabeth for good. And the timeline in this musical is really fascinating because we have uh, yet another time skip. This time it's 18 year time skip. We have this in this like segment. Sophia dying, Rudolf turning 28 years old. Yeah, Elizabeth, that was a big jump. It was, was such like, a big jump. One moment, Rudolph's cute, adorable little kid. And the next second, he's this grown up. And I'm like, whoa, what happened? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Who it's are you? Really, it's really unbelievable. It's like a tiny, tiny little kid, like you mentioned, with a sweetest, the sweetest voice. It's like a cute little solo that I love. And then, poof, an adult. Yeah. So in that time skip, also Elizabeth skips from place to place and is always away from the palace for essentially the entire period. So her children never see her. Elizabeth does a lot of charity work during that time and she visits patients at insane asylum and also poorhouses. And there's also debate of whether she starts to lose her sanity during that time. Rudolf, meanwhile, is rebel against his father by advocating for equality, and he really idolizes his mom, Elizabeth, speaking against the empire's action of limiting humans' rights. The nationalist public rebels against the crown prince, so against Rudolf, and when Elizabeth refuses his affection, he finally loses his will to live and commit suicide. Elizabeth yearns for death after that, but death refuses her by um, saying that he doesn't need her anymore. Franz asks one last time to reconnect with Elizabeth, but she refuses, which I'm sensing a theme here. And then we cut back to Luceni in Purgatory. He reveals that he originally intended to assassinate the Duke of Orleans, but he never came. He then stabs Elizabeth, the reason for which we actually never end up learning in the musical, which I thought was really quite a shame. But in the Wikipedia article, on him. It says that as an anarchist, he came to kill a sovereign. And to him, it actually didn't matter much which sovereign it's going to be. So it's kind of like the message that mattered. And then at the very end of the musical, Death comes to collect Elizabeth and she comes willingly after living her life to the fullest. And that portion we actually already kind of discussed. So that's the end of Elizabeth. Yay. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was good. Thank you. That was also unplanned. Um, I felt a little bit bad saying that. But dark yeah. humor. Very dark humor. So I think we're not going to go song by song here just because there are so many. And yeah. personally, I don't have a lot to say about each individual song. And I'm not sure about you, but I'm guessing you don't either. 
Probably not. Okay. I'm gonna be honest. The first time I see the song list, I was very shocked, and the first thought that came to my mind was, "Holy crap! Like this is gonna be <laughs> a three hours episode because." There is so many, so many, so many songs in here, and depending on which version you watch, there's also a lot of variation. And maybe <laughs> one song got cut. Maybe they add this another thing. Like you get to see a lot of like notes beside each number. So it's definitely a long list. That is not to say I don't enjoy them. I actually really, really enjoyed them. I thought I was gonna get bored of it because it was so long, but it was actually really good.、Mm-hmm. I have to say, I also didn't get bored at any point. My issue with that is with the tone of the musical, which, as a personal preference, is not my kind of tone because it's not happy enough. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't mind the tragedy portion of it. Again, I, there are a lot of other tragedies which I do enjoy, but this one is just a misery train from like beginning to the end, which had. Pretty much no levity at any point, so every single song almost was miserable and with a really miserable attitude throughout the entire musical. And I think the musical is very, very well done, but it is more than I can take personally. Like I need in my tragedy at least a few moments of happiness, a few moments where I think things can work out in a way that would be happy in order for. The misery to really hit in a different way. Either that, or I need、uh, like a story where it clearly builds towards the climax, where the tragic flaw really shines in with the decisions. So I got neither in here, and that's the biggest griefs that I have with tragedy. And that's kind of when I don't enjoy them when neither of these happen. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the problem of doing a a musical that's surrounded by actual person in history, because there's、yeah. no way around it. Like you can't just make something up. I mean,、um, you can. I mean, you can, but、apparently. you can't be too <laughs> far away from you know what actually happened. You can be like, oh, she actually secretly leaves and go live her life happily ever after. Like maybe you can't do that, but you definitely、um, can do that because the animated one did that, and、oh. apparently the German movies did that. And I just found out there is another Princess Sissy musical, and it is modeled after the animated、um, series in Israel, at least. So、okay. that's fun. So you can definitely do that, but it's definitely not the route they took, and I think that's fine. But they could focus on areas where she has a little bit more freedom. So they completely glossed over the 18-year time jump where she was away from the palace, for example, and she got to do a lot of charity work. She got to do a lot of the stuff that she was well known for in Hungary, for example, when you played planned a trip that probably had a lot of joy associated with them. But we hear pretty much nothing about so. Even in her life, which definitely had the tragic element attached to it, you can find moments of joy and moments where she is happy. I think it's hard to bake that into the narrative here because, in the end, she does choose to be with death, and then I don't I feel think she like chooses the whole it, thing. To be honest, I think she does. Why? I think she comes willingly, but I think at this point she was dead. Like at the point that she meets death. She is content with her life, but she didn't necessarily choose death. Kind of like if you you watch the Harry Potter action movies, so kind of like Harry in the end of the seventh movie, where he met death as as 
and equal in a way. Obviously, it's a very cringe comparison, but this is the way I can like contextualize it in her relationship to death at the very end. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. I think you're understanding it as if um, she chooses to be assassinated or not. Like, obviously, no, I I understand if she chooses. So the way I think you're contextualizing it is she chooses to die from her wounds because Uh you're posing it as if she has a choice in death and she doesn't. I think you're seeing it as like, realistically can she choose to outlive the wound or the the damage that is done to her physical body Mm -hmm. and obviously no you can't but spiritually can you like do you subject to like I don't want to die like I still want to live in this world versus okay I can go peacefully now the way I conceptualize it is she has no choice in death but when she recognizes that she has no possibility of living she reflects on her life. She saw that she lived her life to the fullest. And by recognizing that, she decided to go with death peacefully. And that is kind of where the ending is for me. Where were we? So we agree the songs were better than in Diana. Um, I think we went from that to say that even though neither of us were bored, we have a differences, we have differences in the way we like the tone of the musical so I mentioned that I don't like the tragedy aspect of it yeah so going back to I guess the tone of it I feel like this is definitely my cup of tea Mm -hmm. and I love tragedies I obviously have very limited experience with European musicals but it's so poetic like Mm -hmm. it's it's so poetic to the point that it's so romantic even like not romantic in terms of her relationship with death necessarily but just the whole thing seems rather poetic and, and romantic and I like that <laughs> yeah so I like it I feel like the music itself is also not not too overly heavy for me obviously there are songs or you know the main theme or the main message of most of the songs are quite depressing but I feel like in terms of the music element of it it's Sometimes they have empowering songs or sometimes they have songs that they are self-questioning even. And I feel like these moments are not necessarily tragic or, or heavy. Like these are good character development moments and I appreciate that. So for example, the song I Belong to Me, I think is my favorite probably. Mm-hmm. And I think I do have a bias because that's the first song I know from this musical. But it is a really great song. And you can see tremendous development within this one song. And yeah, I, I think that's really what makes the song work for me. Like, it's definitely heavy. It's definitely a lot of, like, you know, not the happy, we're partying sort of type of song. But mm-hmm. I like the heaviness of that throughout almost all the songs here. Like, even within some of the more catchy or more lively songs, um, such as, I think, the opener of Act 2, it's oh, very Keith. interesting. Yeah. Mm-mm. You don't like that? Okay. The issue that I have with Hitch is overall, I really think that Luceni works as a narrator, surprisingly. And also he works mainly really well in the prologue. However, he does have tendencies of going too over the top and going too crazed, especially with the high pitched noises that he makes. And he really goes the most over the top in Kitsch, which makes sense based on the the name of the number and what it means. But uh, that irked me personally. I like my version. And I think my version was okay. 
So maybe try listening to the 2005 version to see if um, that changes your mind. I think isn't the 2002 chance. version the cast recording version? Because I definitely listened to that. I have no idea. Okay. If it is, then I definitely listened to that. I listened to the cast recording, as I mentioned, and the narrator or Luceni high pitch numbers bother me a lot there as well. And I think it's going to be true regardless of the version. This is something that is inherent in the notes, mm-hmm. though obviously there is variations. I really don't think our versions are going to be that different from each other, considering they're both the German versions, the German speaking versions, and pretty short um, in terms of like the years apart they have. But I definitely see what you're coming, where you're coming from. I also think that your favorite number is the most musical theater ones. Mm -hmm. So it has the big musical theater moment. It had the character defining moments for Elizabeth. So it is clearly very, very interesting and has a lot of gravitational force. I also really think that it's interesting because it showcases her independence in a very positive note there. And then later throughout that act or throughout the story it's also criticized from a form of neglect whenever it comes to her relationship with Rudolph so I really like that they do that in the musical in a way where it shows the same quality in two different ways depending on who is interacting with her and who it affects which I don't think happens in a lot of musicals or something that happens really frequently so as a character study for Elizabeth alone pretty much I think they do a very very good job even not Mm -hmm. for Elizabeth alone even for the time for the time uh, of like her death and to her like I think it starts when she's 15 so during that time it showcases the empire very well and it also also showcases the people who interact with her and herself pretty well the only issue that sours it for me is I don't have a tendency to like tragedies and the tragedies I do like I am very selective about them and I think you for example enjoy tragedies a lot more indiscriminately than I do like you like more variations in your tragedies which is probably where our differences here come yeah I think so too yeah um so you did mention that I belong mm-hmm. to me is your favorite my favorite is the let's to so the last dance the final dance is that how it's translated yes yes the last one is called mm-hmm. yes Thank you. Um, So that is my favorite. I also really like the shadows grow longer, the reprise, Mm -hmm. um, which I thought was really, really fun. And I think the prologue was pretty effective. I think that the creepiness of the number, specifically within the ghosts, was really, really well done. I really like how Lucheni puppeteered them. I I thought it was really, really interesting. And the only issue that I had with that number is just the high-pitched voice after Un Grande Amore. When he says that, he just has like a very, very high-pitched voice, which really annoyed me um, in all the productions, in the cast recording and in the 2002 production. So apart from that, the prologue was really, really good. But did you have any other standout number that you really enjoyed besides I Belong to Me? I do. So I like When I Want to Dance which is between death and Elizabeth in act two. Yeah. And then I also like milk, which is really weird, but I thought it was actually a pretty amazing song. Mm -hmm. I Um, think the, what is it? The ensemble sound really great. The majority of the time, a lot of their song, they sound amazing. Musically, they sound really good. And also they just like sound so good together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They did a really good job in that aspect. Yeah, and also I don't really know what this song is called, but um, it's when 
there in the what do you call like the brothel when oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> almost actually pretty nice too I think. <laughs> okay and, and can i just you... say rudolph's vocal was actually so good even though as he a kid had... or as an adult no, as an adult oh, okay okay yeah <laughs> he has very limited songs but i think he has a gorgeous voice Mm-hmm. from my version at least yeah yeah I think all of the cast is super talented okay something that is really interesting about this episode or about this musical is we did mention that this is the biggest German-speaking musical it was also never adapted to English which is really interesting because it was successful in so many other different languages and we already talked at length about the success that it enjoys in Japan why do you think it hasn't been adapted to English yet do you think there's something inherent about the musical or you think it just it it hasn't found its time yet hmm that's a great question I haven't really thought about that maybe they know that there's very little point to translate in English so you just appreciate the German version because it's really good really yeah or maybe there isn't really that much of an audience in like North America, for example, for Mm -hmm. this subject, because it is very European based, like the history and the historical figures. So I don't know. I mean, I could see that, but other works were able to be translated pretty successfully. Like even the one we haven't covered, like Spring Awakening is also German in origin. And it was a play originally where it was adapted to English afterwards. So Mm -hmm. I think there is definitely a market for European musicals and for non-English speaking musicals in general if they're translated like I don't think people will see it if it's not translated for sure but if it is translated I think there is a possibility of people seeing it so it could be that it just they've never tried because it does look like a pretty expensive musical to produce and maybe they don't want to take the risk but I was wondering maybe it's something about the musical being entirely sunk through or the subject being too depressing, for example, maybe a lot of Americans think the same way that I do about the uh, subject matter. But do you think it has something that is related to the culture differences between culture you know, in what sense? So the audience, the Japanese audience or a German audience might be different than an American audience in terms of what they expect to see with musicals or what the like like to see in terms of content so like the blockbusters that are very very common in America like the Marvel maybe not as successful elsewhere in the world so it could be a cultural difference within American or British for example that might make the musical less successful just seeing the type of work that is produced in the two different countries you can see differences you know, like the European musicals we covered have very different tones and a very different structure, I think, than the American musical we covered. So do you think that's the reason why it hasn't been adapted to English? Mm, no, I think the reason will probably be monetary, to be honest, just because it does look very expensive and I don't think they want to take the risk. And it also is pretty long. And that is something that American audience might not be willing to sit through, especially tourists, if you have to consider the Broadway version of things. And I do feel like they probably don't care as much regarding the context and the background of Elizabeth. I think they're more oriented towards like more North American related things. Mm-hmm. And, and this is very, very European. Mm. Okay. 
I think it could be successful considering other biographical musicals like Hamilton, for example, are successful. Yeah, but that's about American. No, 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 that's true. That's true. But in terms of being a tragic musical about an important character in the past, they do have similarities on paper. So it could potentially be successful. You you could be entirely right, by the way, about them not caring about something that is European and something that is foreign. But I would be interested to see if it would have a big audience considering the superficial similarities between this and Hamilton, for example. Because mm-hmm. I don't even think that people know about Elizabeth because they don't necessarily study it, for example. Like it's not part it. of the curriculum. Sorry? I didn't study it. I don't know. Because I feel like she would be pretty well known based on the German um You'll videos. be surprised, I think. Really? Okay, <laughs> About okay, how okay. many things that, um, I don't know, Americans don't know. That's true. That's true. But I feel like, how would you expect a success in Japan then? I can't imagine they study about her. No, there's a lot of things that uh, in, in Europe that are popular in Japan. Okay. What do you think that is? That's what I'm trying to like understand. Like, what is the reason why you have a lot of things that are popular in Europe or popular in Asia? I think it's definitely culture influence. Mm -hmm, Definitely. Like, for example, when I went to Prince Edward Island, I had no idea that why this was such a popular tourist spot for Japanese tourists. Mm -hmm. But they really like Anne of Green Gable. Yeah, they really do. I never read it. I never never read it. No. I didn't even think that it was that big, but there was a lot of Japanese tourists that think that it was that big. So you never know. And if you ask like somebody from Europe, I don't think that they would even know that this book exists. I don't think so. I mean, again, I don't think it's analogous, but Anne of Green Gable was a huge thing in Israel too. Okay. It could be something that is just like there is somebody who brought it to the market and it was successful because it's it had inherent value. So I feel like if somebody brings it to the American market, it might be successful because it has inherent value within the production. It has similarities to other productions that were successful in America. So it could be just a lack of awareness of somebody not bringing it to the culture yet. I don't know. I feel like it will be really interesting if it is about the cross-cultural exchange between them because I feel like, hmm, how much cross-cultural influence do you think there is between like Europe and Japan for example like do you think it is something that is really unique like do you see Elizabeth being popular in other places in Asia besides Japan for example I don't honestly I think it's pretty unique I think um I for example can't see this being a big thing or as as big as it is in Japan so Mm -hmm. I definitely don't think so but another thing is well first of all I think Japan is in a position where it has a lot of resources and um, time to mm-hmm. promote a culture on musicals, for example. Mm-hmm. A Korea, I think, is catching up because they do have a lot of uh, musicals coming out and, and things like that. But it's just historically, I think Japan was always kind of just the more developed country yeah. in Asia. Mm-hmm. So maybe they have more exposures to things that are popular in Europe or in America. And that's why. It was uh, adapted in Korea three times. Okay. So that's yeah. not bad. That's actually really good. And then it also came to Shanghai. Yeah. I think that's that's the extent of it in Asia. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm really curious if it is just 
something that is it has potential or not and if it doesn't have potential then it's probably culture specific or just again something with lack of interest lack of fans whatever or whether this is something that could only occur in a very specific time and place I really wish that we had that kind of experiment because I think other musicals were there was an attempt at least like Tansdale Van Peel, for example, Dance of the Vampire. I think there was an attempt to bring it here or make it big here and it didn't catch and it caught real big in Germany. So we're in I, the trenches this one. Yeah, um, we are. <laughs> so I think we already talked about the song that we do enjoy. Is there a song that you absolutely don't like in this musical, for example? No, there are moments that I didn't enjoy. There are there aren't songs that I flat out didn't like. I think the aspect of the musical being completely sung through gave it a very coherent voice and gave it a very coherent tone, which is serviceable. Because I feel like if you'll have something that is really despicable, it will have to rise up above everything else and it will have to be a very, very important moment. And I don't think there was enough individuality for songs except for really really big numbers like I belong to me for example really big moments so I think it has a very consistent tone that doesn't allow huge flops which is a great aspect of the musical that could be definitely like preferable do you I don't maybe a few stands out to me but that doesn't mean the rest of them are horrible they are really good but like we said already, there are a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to be like, you know, all 40 songs. Okay, maybe not 40, but like every <laughs> song is my favorite. Like that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think it makes it difficult because A, it's in a non-English language. At least for me, that makes it more difficult in terms of picking a specific song, even though I do understand a lot of it, I would understand the majority of it, like the 100% of it, and that would make it a lot more difficult for me to focus on the lyrics. And also the fact that it's sung through make it more difficult to single out specific songs unless they're very good, I think. True. Should we go a little bit more about the characters, I guess? So sure. Elizabeth, I think, is very complex in here, and she has a lot of great qualities and a lot of qualities that are less desirable uh, which we talked about a little bit already but what are your overall thoughts about her do you like her as a character I feel like because we do see her as a main person like main character like it's really hard not to be on her side kind of but Mm -hmm. okay so all of the act one I liked her Mm -hmm. from act two the fact that she didn't really seem to care too much about Rudolph until he dies was something that kind of turned my perspective on her a little bit. I just feel so bad for Rudolph. Mm-hmm. Like he is just so innocent and and so sad, really. Like his whole life is um doesn't really have a dad. Like his dad is super harsh on him. And then his mom is just always away. And I feel like he's always alone, you know? And that's why the scene where the baby and not baby like the kid Rudolph having this friendship with death was so sad because mm-hmm. even at that age you're, the fact that you're able to to see death I think it says a lot about his childhood and his life in general 
going back to Elizabeth, very I, similarly I do, to Elizabeth, by the way. I mean, for her, it was a little bit of a true. later age because he yeah. was nine and she was fifteen. Yeah, but it is still a very, very similar experience to her, and they do draw a lot of parallels and a lot of similarities. And I think the parallels and the similarity between the two of them is what is supposed to make us like Elizabeth even through this period because she kind of rejects her older version of herself in a way I think Mm -hmm. but in his case I think even death recognizes it because shortly after his death when Elizabeth says take me too and death refuses her he says I don't need you anymore it means that he was fulfilled by Rudolph right so even Mm -hmm. death sees the parallel between the two of them so the way I understand it is Death only wants Elizabeth when she acknowledged that she wants to be with Death because that's the only way to freedom. But mm. at that point, I think Elizabeth was craving Death because she wants to escape. Like she wants to avoid the pain that she is going through right now. So she's seeing it as a, as a way to escape and to get away rather than this is what I But when Death me. came to seduce her before... She was in a similar situation where she wanted to escape, though she wanted to escape from her mother or her mother-in-law, Sophia. And that's when he tried to seduce her in a way, he says, death is an escape from all of that. So it's a way, a different way of seeing this, for sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. Do you like her, though? I like her. I Mm -hmm. think she's very complicated. And like you, I really liked her through Act One. Obviously, you would see a lot of similarities between her and Diana. And you can't not like the personal like the protagonist when they're going through all that kind of difficulties especially since it's not their fault it's kind of like the restriction that is imposed to them by the environment so you do feel a lot for them but then act two came and she acts to Rudolf so horribly and I looked into it afterwards and Rudolf really idolized her which you see in the musical but you don't really understand to the extent of what he idolized her because before Elizabeth kind of took the reign of his education. He was educated by Sophia, her mother-in-law, right? So his grandma. And she wanted to instruct him to become a soldier. And they mentioned it in a line in the musical as well, but it was kind of throw away. And Rudolph was a very sickly child. So, and a very sickly adult, both in terms of like mental sickness and also in terms of um, physical sickness. So he really wasn't and the ideal person to go through all of those drills that are going to be common in army life. And when Elizabeth got custody of his education, when he was about like nine, after she gave the ultimatum, he was taught by a lot of spiritual leaders and educators and was more focused on who he is as a person and his education rather than his physical um strength and attributes rather than becoming a soldier more becoming like an academic and he really preferred that kind of education compared to what it was before and he viewed her as kind of like his savior in that respect so he really really looked up to her in comparison to both his grandma and his dad and her rejection of him in the end was kind of like what brought it over the edge for him and what kind of was the final nail in the coffin for his suicide. So that is really difficult to see because she's acting very, very similarly in the way that she was rejected the entire time, which is really heartbreaking. And it's understandable considering what she's going through, but it's heartbreaking nonetheless. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I do feel bad for her still, though. I feel like oh, yeah. if she's in the position where it's already very difficult for her to take care of herself, then mm-hmm. naturally pretty much impossible for her to take care of other people. But it's just it's a tragedy. And the, the fact that I can understand her just equal to that. I can forgive you, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for sure. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And there is also the contextualization of her being mentally ill mm-hmm. um, according to what the narrative says at least and I don't think they mention it a lot but and it, they never say it outright in the Wikipedia articles either but based on all the emphasis they put on her weight and her physical appearance it kind of looks like she had anorexia as well mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah. I think yeah they mentioned that I think she was under 100 pounds at one point she was 173 or 175 centimeters tall so she was severely underweight and she had very like extensive exercising regime and you did get to see it a little bit in the song where she had to um oh, she, her... she pass out yeah no 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 he determined that her passing out was from the syphilis right true so right, um you get to see that she was um working out no yes yes yeah. yes um but also when they had the ladies in waiting accompany her when she moved from place to place and they're like oh she made us walk all this time through whatever weather that is true apparently like elizabeth walked a lot after she wasn't able to ride anymore in order to keep up her exercise regime and she had to have all of her lady in waiting walk with her through like really really bad conditions so that is something that was really really interesting so she definitely exercised a lot a lot and she ate very very little which is something they mentioned a lot and she cared a lot about her weight so there are a lot of mental health issues that are potential in this case which make it more difficult but also help us understand her relationship to Rudolph a little bit and kind of her the decisions she was making that's true yeah, yeah. um do you like France I do honestly I feel like as an emperor he is doing his best kind of and mm-hmm. I like the fact that he was very upfront and honest about his position and um and some of the compromises that his partner has to go through like right at the beginning of their relationship Mm -hmm. so I do appreciate that honesty because it tells you just how much he acknowledged his responsibility and the fact that he isn't a weak person like the fact that he did not protect Elizabeth from a lot of the pressure is not because that he isn't able to but it's just like because there are other things for him to consider. So if he's just another person, like a normal person, he is able to do what he wants. But because he's an emperor, that no, he has to take a lot of other things into consideration. So Mm -hmm. I do feel for him. And I feel like within his position, he is already doing a lot. And he's doing his best to make sure that Elizabeth feels okay. Like the fact that he comes to her at the end of act one and says that yes you can get you know what you asked for honestly it's such a romantic moment to me Mm -hmm. (laughs) because that means that everything else matter less to him and he wants he just needs elizabeth and i think it's so rare especially you know when you consider royal marriages back in the days um that the fact that he first of all he's able to choose the the empress for himself it's not like an arranged marriage that he has to accept is already pretty incredible and second of all like I think the the fact that he goes a lot 
like a long way to just fight for her. I think also says a lot about how much he loves her. But yeah. How about you? I think he's okay. I'm a little bit unsure about him because I do definitely think that he genuinely loved Elizabeth, which is definitely something that is rare to see, like you mentioned. But I'm a little bit questioning the fact that he went from like one really powerful woman, which is his mother dictating everything that he does to Elizabeth dictating a lot of things that he does and giving him ultimatums, which is a little bit suspect to me. I also can understand where he's coming from because his wife really doesn't love him at this point. She doesn't show any affection to him and he can be very, very depressed about it, a moment of weakness, yada, 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 which he regrets, regrets a lot. Um, so he is also a very complicated character, despite not having all that much screen time, which I think is really speaking to the strength of the musical in terms of how really solid it makes all of its characters become, how complex they are. Um, they have a lot of aspects of them that are quite nice and quite enjoyable and a lot of aspects that are questionable or something that you can argue or think about a little bit further and see whether this is something that you're willing to go with or something that doesn't suit your liking so I think he really like he um showcases that really well from like a minor character perspective so I would Mm -hmm. say I like him fine but Mm -hmm. I don't love him necessarily. Okay. Um, any other important... I mean, I feel like we talked about death a little bit. Yeah. Is there anything you want to say about death apart from that? No, it's just really attractive. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was, yeah. like, very <laughs> impressed. But I want to see how your death, death looked like. Wait a oh, sec. yeah? Yeah, you should Google. Okay. Um... Mine really looked like the David Bowie in Labyrinth. So, like, he was great. But what was his name again? So going to mispronounce this, but here we go. It's Mate. So, like, literally spelled mate. Okay, okay, okay. okay. I I do see it. Um, I see it on the IMDb. Uh, The biggest disappointment for me in terms of character was definitely Luceni. Yeah, he looks kind of similar to my death, actually. Really? Okay. Yeah, it's not the same death, obviously. My criticism, my only criticism of him was that there were a few height notes where I don't think he managed to do very well. Uh, <laughs> like you can hear that he was struggling. Mm. But other than that, it was great. Like his acting was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. My death managed to hit the notes, so that's good. Okay. <laughs> good <for> you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but yeah, Lucheni, I think the issue that I had with him is that he was definitely just a narrator character, and they really glaze over his side of things. So they never even explained the fact that he just wanted to kill somebody for, like, that he was an anarchist, first of all, and that he just wanted to kill a sovereign for the purpose of killing a sovereign, for, like, the statement, for what it means. They never went through it and explicitly, like, or even said anything regarding that in the musical, which makes him a little bit of a confusing character and I do think they played up his chaoticness that's the purpose of the high notes that I hate so much the chaoticness of everything he works as a narrator and not much else for me I do enjoy the purgatory portion of it so like the prologue and the ending of the story which takes place there because it has very very creepy vibes which are nice I like the ghost portion which is a lot of fun but I really wish they just took a little bit longer to explain to us that he was an anarchist and that he did essentially just for the 
meaning of it or for like the message that it would bring because did you feel any like did he feel like you were missing out in terms of his characterization at all to be honest I think I agree with you I feel like there was um there was a gap Yeah, yeah definitely but because I don't really see him as a character anyway so mm-hmm. it was fine by me okay. that's fair I think it's something that I would have enjoyed and it's a pretty easy fit easy fix so it's something that they could change if they ever decide to come to the U.S. or England or something along those lines that might help people understand the story a little bit better from a narrative standpoint Okay, so I really rooting for you, Claire, in this episode because the editing for this one is going to be so difficult. No, I <laughs> think so it was more of like a chat, you know? Like I don't know. I feel why? like it was also a little bit all over the place because we we're trying to figure out what we're going to do when and what can we even discuss. I feel like if we continue with this kind of scenario, like situation of us having a chat and going from one topic to another, maybe we should have a list of questions so we won't have to think about them on the spot you know that's a great point okay maybe we should do that for at least the next episode yes okay but But I'm really impressed at how different our opinions were about everything like I feel like we both well actually for for me to see your point it's sometimes a hit or miss not gonna lie but we both see at least each other's perspective to an extent and understand that this is like a different way to analyze the situation um and that's so interesting and I wonder if it is something inherent to our interpretation or something about the production I'm really leaning towards the interpretation rather than the production because I don't know how different they can be but Maybe I should rewatch it and figure it out whether yeah. the productions are so different. In- I mean, I wouldn't mind rewatch this one because it's really good and I enjoy Ooh. the songs. Okay. I'm expecting quite high ratings from you then. Yeah. Okay. I think that was my final thoughts. Is there anything else you want to add before we move to the next portion for your final thoughts? Not really. Other okay. than the fact that I love it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's very good. Um, so for the next portion, we have the quiz and I'm going to give you a choice. I have a feeling that I'll know which one you choose because it's more realistic. But one of them is uh, which character are you from the musical, but it's in German. And then the other one is a trivia quiz in English. Yeah, I I can't read German, so. Okay, so we're going to the trivia one? Yes. Okay, cool. Who composed the music of Elizabeth? Sylvester Leve, Jim Steinman, Jerry Bach, Frank Wildhorn. You know what? I'm going to pretty much um, butcher all of this. So I'm going to randomly choose Leve. <laughs> oh my God. How do you pronounce this? Leve? Levi? Whatever. I'm going to choose them too. Where and when was the world premiere of Elizabeth? Salzburg, July 1993. Vienna, September 1992. Graz, August 1992. Innsbruck, May 1993. Uh, I think it's Vienna. Yeah. Who of the following ladies played the role of the Empress at the premiere? Pia, I'm not going to go with the last name. Pia, Annika, Maya. Maya is yours, right? Yeah. Patrizia. I know is Pia. Yeah. <laughs> We're smashing this, I think. Now let's start on the show. Where does the prologue take place? In heaven, in Vienna, or wherever the performance takes place, and hell in a place where the dead roam, maybe purgatory. Is uh, 
the dead room purgatory thing. Yes. Luceni agrees to tell the judge the whole story through which he leads as a narrator. Act one starts in 1853. Duke Max in Bavaria, Sissy's father, is leaving the castle and Elizabeth wants him to take her with him for she hates living in a cage, not being allowed to do what she wants. How old is she then? 15. Yeah, I think we're doing really well. I mean, I think we're doing a lot better than what we thought. In August 1853, Ludovica, Sissy's mother, and her daughter, Helene, and Elizabeth travel to Bad Ischel to meet the Emperor Franz Joseph and his mother, Sophie, Ludovica's sister. Why? Sophie went, oh, sent for them, but they don't know why. Sissy is supposed to become a lady of the court. Helene is supposed to marry the Emperor. Family meeting. Um, Helene is supposed to marry the Emperor. Same. At the wedding reception, Death is also among the guests and sing his famous song. What is it called? Ich gehöre nur mir die Schatten werden länger, kitsch der letzte Tanz. I'm going to take a look. No. At my note. No. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> uh, you really should know this. I'm disappointed that you don't know it from the top of your head because it's my favorite. I mean, I don't read German. Why would I know this? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is the one that starts with a dur? Yes. <laughs> uh, a few days after the wedding, Sophie starts busting Sissy about, and the young empress realizes that her husband won't and can't help her. She expresses her feeling in the most famous song of the show. It's called... I know it's the ish something something, so I'm just going to copy paste from the previous question. <laughs> In the following years, Sissy... Okay, so you were right, by the way. I totally didn't get that from the subreddit. The subreddit really disappointed me then. Um, The musical subreddit, by the way. But it means that I belong to me. I belong only to me? I belong to me, I think. I belong to me is the most famous one. Really? Yay. Okay. I'm finally right (laughs) for once. You're, you're often right, I think. I feel like <laughs> you have a great track record. Really? Thank yeah. you, thank you. Um, in the following years, Sissy feels let down and misunderstood. Death offers her himself as a better choice, but she refuses, and Death takes her first child instead. When she has a son, Sissy decides not to leave him to Sophie. She gives Franz Joseph the choice between accepting her demand, thus ignoring his mother wishes, and refusing it, thus risking to lose her. What's the name of the son who caused the issue? They Imagine could have just said this, this last line. Like, you don't ha- need to have all this <laughs> pre-introduction. But yes, yeah, Rudolph. I feel like maybe it's people who didn't watch this with subtitles or something. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> they have to give a lot of, like, background. It's like, oh, that's what the scene was about. In the beginning of Act 2, Franz Joseph and Elizabeth become king and queen of Hungary, June 8, 1867. Luceni tries to sell some souvenirs while singing which song? This one we should know as well. Um, oh, but it's in German. My neues sortiment milch kitsch has. I think it's kitsch. Yeah, it's the same in English, actually, I think. Yeah. During the celebration that follows the coronation, Elizabeth meets death again but she tells him to leave it seems like she has finally broken his spell over her the song they sing in that scene has been added to the show in 2001 do you know what it's called 
So, ich bestimme die Stunde am Rand des Abgrunds. Ich bin stark, bin ich allein, wenn ich tanzen will. I think it's wenn ich tanzen will. Yeah, according to my note. Oh, you're looking at your, you're cheating, I, Claire. I can't, I don't recognize any of the songs in okay. German. In your note, so your, your notes are only in English. Well, because I copy paste from Wikipedia song list. Mm -hmm. So there's like a bracket and it has German. Oh, got it. Got it, got it. Okay. and that's where I'm looking it from. Okay, good to know. Sophie tries to break her the power Sissy has over Franz Joseph by sending another woman, a prostitute, to him. The Duke Gruna chooses the girl at Mrs. Wolf Bordello, watched by Luceni. What is the name of the girl he chooses? That I don't know. Honestly, that I, I think know. this is Madeline because when I was watching it, I have a colleague whose name is Madeline and we're actually pretty close. And so when, when they said that, oh, she has this disease and I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's, that's funny. Okay, interesting. Um, so that's how I remember it. But I might be wrong. Who knows? I'm going to copy. I remember they said Tatiana. I remember they said Marie. They introduced all of them. And I remember like the characteristic that goes with each one. But yeah, mm -mm. I don't remember who they chose. In 1888, Elizabeth's now 30-year-old son gets involved in a Hungarian conspiracy. While waiting for the conspirator, he encounters Death, his friend from childhood days, who persuades him to cast aside his doubt. Their duet is one of the most powerful musical songs I know, and it's called, it's also one of my favorites, um, Der Schleier fällt, ich will dir nur sagen, nichts, nichts, gar nichts, ich schatten werden länger. Die schatten werden länger, sorry. I'm just going to copy yours because okay. I also don't recognize any of these names. The Schatten Belden Lingo. Um, 1895, Franz Joseph and Elizabeth realize that their marriage has failed and that they are too different. Franz Joseph remains in Vienna and Sissy travels around the world, leaving, leading an unstable life, always longing for death, whom she now loves more than ever. On September 10th, 1898, her wish finally comes true. Lucchani murders the Empress with a file, which has been given to him by death. I didn't realize that. More or less by chance, for he actually wanted to kill someone else. Whom? Helena, Sisi's sister, the Emperor Franz Joseph, the Duke of Orleans, his wife. The Duke. Yeah. The last words in this musical are Ich gehöre no mir, true, false. I don't remember, actually. But I'm gonna go with true. Me too. True. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. We got everything correct. Yeah, I'm so impressed. Yes. Hey. Wow, Claire. Have we ever smashed a trivia? I know. So Good much? job. Like, we literally got 100. <laughs> Feels so good. I haven't gotten 100 in, like, so many years. <laughs> Does it make you want to, like, take more trivia quizzes? No, it does mm. not. The average score for this quiz is 8 out of 15. Oh, okay. Which is pass, barely. <laughs> <laughs> still pass. Still pass, still pass, but barely. Um, okay, so I guess after literally doing so amazing on that quiz, that portion is done. So we're going to a final ranking. Okay, I'll give it eight out of ten jar of milk. Okay, I'm gonna give it six point five out of ten 
gymnastic routines. (laughs) (laughs) All right, sounds good. Okay, so that is it for Elizabeth. If you want to talk to us about the musical itself, you want if you want to talk to us about anything we covered in the past or give us recommendations for things to cover in the future, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on our social media at Podway Podcast, and you can find us on Instagram, on Reddit, and on Twitter, though not really Twitter. If you're not a social media person, you can also email us at podwaypodcast at gmail.com. If you have it in your heart please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this uh, from that would really help other people find us and um, share the love I guess for the musical so thank you so much for listening everybody